what I saw as the way forward was through the trial and error when I jumped out from university and really realized that it was time to sell. And I went home in the evenings and wasn't already happy with myself in the way I was doing it. And nor was I happy with the results I was getting. I guess I started to really think, is this for me? And I, then I began to look at success stories and realizing that, you know what, they have to be selling. There's all, you know, I understood the economics of businesses. There's a buyer and a seller. So something has to be sold. So that led me then to really just doing self-reflection on what it takes. And, you know, it's, it really is grounded in a true belief in what it is we're selling, right? And if we truly believe we're selling something that solves a problem, I'll generalize it by saying if truly believe that a, some, what we're offering in, helps our potential customers sleep better at night, then we can go out and act more powerfully, right? Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really exciting. One of the great things about our pod is we're really reaching a lot more people and we're having people reach out to us and screen a lot of people who really don't fit what we're trying to create here. But uh, we've got a guest today. Uh, his name is Chris Spurby. Okay. He's a Canadian. He's from St. John's. Okay. And we've got a business out in St. John's. And Chris uh, is a serial entrepreneur and he wrote a book called A Time to Sell. And he uh, very, very understated. He's, he's uh, created uh, with some partners a 70-person consulting firm called Plato Consulting, sold it to KPMG. Um, so big deal. Uh, and, then, and then basically developed a sales model in Plato that really drove those sales. Uh, and then also spent a number of years at KPMG uh, and, and, and creating um, sales models for KPMG in the same space. We talk about that today. We talk about the habits and consistency that make, make people successful in the world. And uh, I think you'll really love uh, this guest today. And I, I'm really happy to bring him on to you. So um, if you know of any leaders, I would love you reach out to me, chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You can share the pod, Leaders of Tomorrow, and uh, you can always have them apply at studentworks.com slash apply. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Have a fantastic day. Welcome, Chris. Uh, thank you very much for coming and joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really happy to be here. This has been a little while in the making and uh, I'm, it, glad it it finally, I'm glad it finally worked out. Yeah, no, and for our listeners, one of the neat things um, about our success as a podcast over the last year and a half is we're getting really neat people reaching out to us and seeing the type of work that we're doing and saying, Hey, I'd love to help. Um, and I'd love to play it, play a role. And so we're screening out the best of them. And I've, I've, you know, uh, Chris and I, we've, we've spoken a number of times and 
you know, he really is up to something. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about having him on the podcast. And so why don't we dig in, Chris, to sort of just, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. And well, I guess, first of all, you're in St. John's, Newfoundland, yeah. which is awesome. So I know a lot of our listeners will go, all right. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I live on the rock. I've lived here yeah. almost all my life outside of a four month stint where I lived in Calgary, Canada. Uh, right. but, uh, yeah, I, I live on the rock and I love it here and I, and I'll probably, I, I will always call it home. Uh, mm-hmm. but certainly there's some more exotic destinations. I like to spend a bit more time in, uh, but, uh, <laughs> sometimes during the year. You yeah, bet. exactly. Exactly. Especially now. And, uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we're just coming off the largest blizzard, uh, in the history of, I don't know about Canada, but the history of Newfoundland for sure. It, it was just incredible. And, and uh, I know, I know we were talking before the podcast about the impacts on our operators, the impacts on the community, you know, people, people snowed into their homes. Yeah. So, uh, but, but why don't we sort of start, start at the beginning and just give our leaders uh, just an understanding of, you know, just your development in terms of where you are now, Chris. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I jokingly call myself Chris Spurvey 9.0 uh, because right. I, I, w- I think everybody should be in a constant state of reinventing themselves. Uh, yes. So I've kind of rolled back the uh, layers of my onion and uh, I've realized, you know what, there's been nine real reinventions in my life. But uh, really today, what, I'm, uh, what I focus on, what my passion is, is uh, serving and helping what I refer to as non-sales sellers, uh, which are people who are really good at what they do. They believe in what they do, but they're maybe not necessarily wired or they need to be unwired as to how to go about selling in kind of this, uh, this world we live in and how to attract clients. So everything I do is really centered around that. Uh, but I'm really a product of my own story, obviously. I mean, I, uh, yeah. I went to university and got a bachelor of commerce and, and, uh, wanted to be an entrepreneur, but really didn't know, uh, uh, got, got sucked into this idea that in order to create a future for yourself, you need to have a safe, secure, steady job. And I did that. And, uh, but I always kept coming back to my roots of what my true DNA is, which is, uh, entrepreneurship and so on, right? So I guess maybe I'll just pick it up at roughly CRISPR 5.0, which is uh, the building of a of a of a IT consulting company where I was looked at as the salesperson for the business, right? And uh, I stumbled and fumbled and fell down and picked myself back up so many times in an effort to help the business succeed, and I really had to reflect on why I was stumbling and fumbling. And it really came down to my wiring around sales. And the, th- right. the, the wiring is I, I had back then was sales is something you do to somebody. Uh, and, you know, you push versus pull. Um, so it was through trial and error. I found a way to sell that was, you know, better for me and more unique to me. And that's become my mission kind of ever since. There was an acquisition by our company, uh, by KPMG. Uh, and I then spent four years with KPMG and honed in on that craft of helping these non-sales sellers be successful in selling. And that's what's led me to kind of current day, which is what I do. So hopefully that's enough detail. Uh, and you're, I'm more than happy to dissect all the individual parts of that. Well, and just for our leaders, um, Chris is very, very modest. about the level of success that he's had and that's great and i love that so why don't we why don't we dig into what was standing in your way 
of doing sales. Yeah. And, and what do you think the key is? Because I hear this quite a bit. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be pushy. Mm. So, so what's, what, what was standing in your way and what did you see? Well, I mean, I can probably tell you this. I know where my grounding in sales began and it was in mm-hmm. 1983. I know specifically the year because it was when we moved to this city we live in, which is Mount Pearl, just outside St. John's. And I had created a new fr- a friend group and we were playing street hockey on a Sunday, cold November day. And I went in for a Sunday dinner and my mom right. and dad sitting at the table with my mom and dad. And all of a sudden the doorbell rings or there was a knock. I don't even know if the doorbells existed back then. Uh, but anyway, Within five seconds, in my living room, our sunken living room, was the Electrolux vacuum cleaner salesman. And I witnessed my mom and dad be sold, be sold Mm -hmm. a vacuum Mm -hmm. that up until then, there was no discussion about a need for a vacuum. And uh, that vacuum cost $3,000 in 1983, um, which in today's dollars is roughly $12,000. Oh, and wow. then they thought about it for the next few months as they tried to figure out how to pay for it. And so the really what, what I learned in that setting of observing the Electrolux vacuum cleaner salesman is that, you know, I observed him fighting objections and I observed yes. the tenseness and the, um, the feelings. I tapped into the feelings of my mom and dad as they ended up buying this vacuum that they didn't even need, right? Yes. And it was the tapping into that energy that I think ultimately led to me seeing sales as something pushy, objection fighting. Uh, And so when I went out and tried to sell myself, that's what I thought sales was. So I I rehearsed all the scripts. I listened to the Zig Ziglar's of the world. And not that there's anything anything wrong with these fine gentlemen, Uh, but I I embodied the, the push of selling versus the pull of selling. Yeah. You know, for our, our young leaders, um, it's hard to have a context, but mm, I remember sales, sales reps back in the day, like the sales speakers would go, look, you've got to take that sale. And it yeah. was like a battle and, and, and a manipulation yeah. and uh, using these tactics. And they were tactics rather than actually listening for what the client needed. That's so, right. So, you know, and, and manipulation, you know, around, around these things, you know, uh, you know, and, and so, so I remember, um, hearing about those as, as, as a young person just getting into sales and, 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 and again, we, we've always taught something separate from that, Yes. but you know, what did you see as the way forward, Chris? So, um, what I saw as the way forward was through the trial and error when I jumped out from university and and really realized that uh, you know it was time to sell, right. And I went home in the evenings and wasn't overly happy with myself in the way I was doing it, and nor was I happy with the results I was getting. Uh, I guess I started to uh, really think, is this for me? Right. And I, then I began to look at success stories and realizing that you know what they have to be they have to be selling there's all you know i understood the economics of business the economics of business is there's a buyer and a seller so something has to be sold Uh, right so that led me then to really just doing self-reflection on what it takes and you know it's it really is grounded in a true belief in what it is we're selling right and if mm-hmm. we truly believe we're selling something that solves a problem 
Uh, and I, I, I'll generalize it by saying if, if we truly believe that a, some, what we're offering in, helps our potential customers sleep better at night, yes, then we can go out and act more powerfully, right? Absolutely. And so that's, I, that's really what I would say is the, is the foundational element of being able to go out and do it with, with the right energy uh, to attract the customer to us to say yes, right? Yeah. yeah. And now as well, like I think the the education now of the average um you know consumer is yeah. so much greater than yeah. it was, you know, like you mentioned 80s, like so four decades ago. Like yes. just the the average consumer has so much more information, so much more data, you know. First of all, much less likely to be tricked. But yes. what's what's the downside? And I'm sure you've seen this. Like, what's the downside of tricking people? Anyhow, tricking people to feel to make a sale. Yeah. Well, what I'll say, and I go back to, I think, what are ultimately the laws of the universe, really. And and yeah. uh, the fundamental law of the of a, one of the fundamental laws of the universe is the law of cause and effect. Uh, right. And for every for every effect, there is a cause. And right. If we go about doing this in a way that doesn't actually uh, create a long-term relationship customer, right? what I say is the great boomerang of life will swing around and hit you, right? Right. And it may not hit you directly from that customer, but you're not in it for the long haul. So we, we gotta be, I think we need to look at everything we do as, a, as building blocks, uh, the dominoes for a a life built on fulfillment and happiness. And so to do that, you, you need to be true to yourself and you, and you need to treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. And I, and yes. I hope I'm not boiling this down to such elementary truths that, uh, you know, it's not tactical enough, but, but I think that we need to be grounded in that, you know? I agree with you. And I, I think sometimes people take it, they, they get off, the values and the basics, but the reason that they're called the values and the basics is because if you get off them, it, 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 everything doesn't work, right? So if, like one of the things I always love to share is if I'm going out and manipulating people, I may get a short-term spike, but eventually I'm going to start feeling like I'm not being the person I thought I was going to be. I'm not being the person I want to be. I'm not the, being the person I could go home and and share with uh, at Sunday dinner with mom and be proud exactly. that, that, that I'm that person. That's and right. you know, um, if you're not one of those people who can relate to that, you probably shouldn't be listening to the podcast. <laughs> but I know you are, right? Because everyone can relate to that. All successful people again get, you know, or maybe not all, but the vast majority of people yes. can can relate to that. Is is and. And if I start doing things as a manipulation, I start feeling bad. That's right. And then you go into to the other thing is 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 then the world actually can see. Yes. And then there's this thing called social media, and there's this thing called oh, I got I, you know I got manipulated, yeah. et, et cetera. And you know that doesn't work. We're we're in a, a day and age. It's a beautiful day and age. It's a true. Yeah. It's a day and age where there's a natural cadence and. Uh, the best rise, the true best rise to the top. And, yeah. you know, those that are not true to the laws of the universe are the ones that eventually fall and, they, and they'll fall hard, right? Um, you know, so I think we need to be true to ourselves and, and truly stick to some fundamentals in, in our grounding, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I know one thing that you work with your clients quite a bit is ways to maintain a consistent focus. Yeah. You know, Chris, I know our, our young leaders are always interested in that. How do they, how do they get better at, 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 at focusing consistently to achieve their goals? So, uh, yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, you know, for me, uh, sales is you, you sales is an activity, uh, right. that you actually do have to do and you have to be yeah. proactive about it. And, uh, very seldom, unless you ha- you're fortunate enough to have a ba- brand, uh, like Apple or, uh, you know, some massive brand, uh, where customers truly do come to your door, yeah. unless they know you exist, they're not going to come to you. Right. Yes. Uh, and so consistency really is about having the discipline to schedule time. And, and I mean, I use the concept of time block. Um, right. and what I would say, I mean, right down on its fundamental level is if you want seven meetings next for next week, uh, you should time block three or four hours on a month, the Monday of the previous week, uh, to get those set up in your calendar. And if you want seven, you should book, book 10, uh, right. and, uh, then get into your week and execute on them. But every Monday morning, having yourself, having that time block where you're going to be planning the upcoming week. And it, it could be Thursday, it could be Monday, it could be Tuesday, whatever it is. Uh, right. But, you know, you, you have to do that. And uh, it involves understanding the process it takes to turn a, um, a prospect into a client. Uh, right. And that might be an initial outreach over email or over LinkedIn or a phone call, meeting face-to-face, uh, having certain things happen during that meeting where they they participate in the sale, your prospect is participating in the sale just as though you, as you were as the seller. Right. So they have their own action commitments, uh, and then following up two or three days later, and uh, and so always having a reason uh, to follow up and follow through with a client. So uh, there's a whole pile of little tactics in there, but I guess coming back to consistency. Schedule it. You have to schedule it because what I find with sales, unless you're truly hardwired for sales, which very few of us, I think, believe we are, uh, it's the first thing that falls off the side of our desk when we get busy. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's a, it's, it's critically important. Most of my, a lot of my clients, when I first start working with them, if they, they look at me and think I'm a genius because all of a sudden they start getting results but all they've done is actually started scheduling sales, scheduling business development. Absolutely. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. One of the great things is in our in our business process, certainly that's something that we're really great at and they're really learning that. Are there any, you know, psychological tricks or or 
state of mind or mindsets that that you find helpful working with your clients and working with yourself in the past? Yeah, I mean, God, I I really believe in the concept of uh, celebrating small wins. Okay. Uh, so in sales, uh, getting the sale, which is a commitment from a client who signs and sends you a check or however you want, it, however it rolls out, that's that's I consider for the most part that to be a big win. Right. And, yes. and now it obviously depends on the scope and structure of what you're selling. But uh, if you're truly into com- like small commodities and stuff like that, it's, it's, it, it might not be. But a sale is a big win. Yes. What are the things that had to happen in between um, today and the big win? And really, it's a series of small wins. And so right. for me, uh, going to bed at night and ending the day on a positive note, whereby we collect in our minds and on paper the small wins that happen we continue to build up small wins right and all of a sudden there's going to be a big win that pops out from from that uh so just the documenting the celebrating of small wins i'm also a really big believer in the this concept i call it build the airplane while we're flying it i think a lot of people they stand around planning and strategizing and and that and you know, I heard a saying one time that no plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Uh, apparently, it's an old military saying of some sort. Therefore, it's framed up as an enemy. But no, it's the enemy rather than the customer. The customer, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, I find for me, action, pursuit trumps. You know, another little yes. thing I've come to realize is that a shark uh, suffocates unless it's moving forward. So yes, we should be trying right. to move forward every single day. Now, what comes out of that is learning. Yes. So in the evening, I reflect and I, and I work with my clients to reflect on what are the activities we took, what, are, what how can we learn from those activities, what didn't work, and what worked. Right. So, and we just remove what didn't work. And continue down paths of continuing to iterate around what works, right? Right. And I know yeah. that might sound like it's a very simple thing, but I, th- I think what you're hearing me say is ultimately a system for, uh, I guess it's agile learning, agile yeah. uh, growth, right? And so, yeah, so that, those are some ideas to consider. I mean, and so I'm a big uh, believer in creating routines, you know, uh, right. routines to celebrate those small wins, routines to learn from what we're doing on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying. And, and I think it's, it's simple, but, you know, has a lot of wisdom. Yeah. You know, here, let's take away the things that we don't learn. And, and I, I think, sorry, that when we don't win, win yeah. and I think really celebrating our failures, like I think, mm-hmm. again, not enough people, you know, really get no failure. Good thing. That's not going to work. Like, yeah. like we know so many things that don't work in our business. Yeah. And that's such an advantage because people come to us. What about this? We've, we've tested that a number of times. That doesn't work. Right. We don't need to do that anymore. Right. You know, and, and, and so there's a whole lot of activity we can just say, don't do, because that won't give you the proper return for your time. Exactly. And that, that's so valuable rather than, oh, wow, we, we failed, we failed, we failed. Well, yes. Yeah. But if you take it as real learning and really going to drive your future success, that yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting topic. Uh, I've, I've riffed a few times with people on this idea of failure or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, failing. I, I struggle with the word and the only reason right, okay. I, I, it's, and the only reason I think it's, a, it's, it's in our DNA, it's in our wiring. So 
uh, here's what I'll say about the word failure. I don't think I've ever arrived at a failure. Uh, and the reason is, is because I'm, I, I've conditioned myself to have an intuition such that as I'm approaching a point where what I'm doing is not working, I pivot before I actually arrive at a destination called failure, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And so I'm continuing on the journey, right? So I, I, I'm not saying people remove the word failure from their vocabulary. All I'm saying yeah. is that uh, it's just learning, right? And uh, yes, uh, and uh, you know, and I, so I, I really like what you're saying. Yeah. No. No. I think that's. I think that's great. And and I know. I know one of the one of the things our our young leaders. They're, they're, they're busy, you know, again, a lot of them running their first businesses, learning what their first businesses are going to be. But it, there's no question that what you did with your consulting firm and then ultimately selling out with selling it to KPMG is a pretty exciting thing yeah. for, for a young person. So maybe you can share more like how, how you were able to grow to the level that you were able to grow, you know, how, how did that transaction take place? Yeah, you know, yeah. For our young leaders, all kinds of learnings in there for sure. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I guess uh, we started the business uh, based on an expertise that we had. It, the company started out of uh, a group of people uh, who had been trained around a certain technology called PeopleSoft, uh, which is a ERP solution, enterprise resource planning solution. And the majority of the initial clients, because there was such a demand on PeopleSoft stuff, uh, was all U.S. side. So we went, we exported it ourselves first. And then we began to come back towards our home province. Uh, so we actually went from the U.S. Then we began working with the federal government of Canada on PeopleSoft and their implementation of PeopleSoft. And then we came back to Newfoundland and, and, and we started to grow here in Newfoundland as well. So uh, there's a diversification message in that, um, right. you know, and, and not putting all your eggs in one basket around uh, what your offering is and so on. Uh, but ultimately, we scaled. Uh, we brought on more and more people. Um, there's, you know... Consulting is an interesting business. Uh, what right. I'll say about consulting is that if you're an, an only consultant, a solo consultant, it can be a bit of a hamster wheel, right? right. Uh, you're, you're into delivery and, and, and so on, right? And, but then if you overlay a pile of consultants, it's what I, the analogy I've always used is it's like spinning plates because you have right. a group. We had 75 consultants. And as we, as I, as the leader of sales, would go across the, the the spinning plates and try to get them all spinning at the same time, which would lead to right. maximum revenue, maximum margin, maximum profit. By the time you got to, let's just say, the sixtieth plate, the first right. the first ten were wobbly. Uh, so you had you had to go back to the first ten to get them going, right? <laughs> right. And it, was, yeah. it was it was it was it was rough. So we kind of sat down as a team, as an ownership group. And we looked at our expansion opportunities uh, in within the, the the local market, and we we looked at could we uh, expand just through raw determined effort the way we were expanding up to that point, or should we acquire other companies and maybe go that route? Uh, but ultimately, we decided that uh, you know what we it's, it's time we've we've mm -hmm. we've gotten to the point where it's it's worth the you know a good chunk of change, uh, right. and we decided to you know, engage uh, an outside party uh, to 
you know, to socialize this idea that we're up for sale, right? Right. Uh, which led to multiple bidders, uh, right. and which led to ultimately uh, KPMG acquiring the business. So, uh, you know, that's a bit of a, you know, a little bit of of a journal around how it grew and why and where we got to the point where we we sold it. What I will say, maybe it's an interesting point, is uh, you know we got to a point on the consulting side where we we realized it was a hamster wheel. So we yes. decided to look at what is a repeatable process that we are using inside the consulting business that we could spin out for intellectual property. Uh, okay. So we ended up uh, uh, spinning out a second company called Camouflage Software, and Camouflage ended up uh, we ended up it's a data, it was a data masking tool. So uh, for pro, uh, for personally identifiable uh, data, it scrambles that data. And we ended up selling that business in 2017 to another company called Imperva out of California. And so uh, that, that was another, uh, I think, pivotal point for us in that we went from a human capital arrangement in consulting right. uh, to uh, intellectual property in software. Well, that's, 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 really, that's really neat. And, and, you know, so like there's no question, like one of the things, my, my perception is always, consulting is really a lot of hard work, yeah. right? The travel, the commitment, yeah. it really is a, a, a real, um, um, and a lot of the best of the best are attracted there, yeah. you know, and because the winds are, are great, yeah. you know, but it's also a road that's really tough to play for a long, long time. It is yeah. pretty tough on the family, tough on, tough on you, yeah. you know, so is, is it, would that be an accurate reflection? Oh my for, God. For, yeah. yeah. You're nailing it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the yeah. hamster wheel that I'm referring to and when yeah. you get that thing going. It's very hard to jump out. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's an ac very accurate depiction of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now, when I reflect on what I'm doing today, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it feels a little different, uh, and I'm not sure exactly sure why, but I, I think what I'm doing today is probably closer to what I'm, my passion is. Right. So I have a passion for inspiring, encouraging, and supporting growth-minded individuals or growth-minded entrepreneurs. And so what I'm doing today is right in that sweet spot. Right. Uh, and I'm, I mean, maybe it's because I have the freedom to kind of choose who I work with, perhaps, and, and that I'm, I'm zeroed in on a different energy than when it, when it was IT consulting, which is not something I was necessarily truly passionate about in my core, right? Right. Uh, so it feels a little different today is what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, and, and I think as well, it's, it's tough to get to where you are. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, it just is, you know, I think a lot of times, Oh, find out what you love, find out what you're really good at, you know, that you can make, make good money at. That's just hard to do. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, and, and, and now at, 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 you know, lots of, lots of gray hair, uh, <laughs> you know, you get and lots of success and lots of hard work. You're able to do that. And it's, and at times you, you know, you needed, or you made the choices to be maybe, uh, you know, you learn a lot also in consulting. Yes. So that's also something for people to get hey, you learn a oh lot my God, yeah. Yeah. opportunity. And that's one of the ways that you were able to execute what you were able to execute as well. I think. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're dead on. I mean, it's a part of my story. It just as mm -hmm. everyone listening who, whatever you're doing today and, and however you're doing, it's a part of your story. So if I right. never, if I never, like, there were so many spinoffs from this idea. Like, like two years before we sold the business to KPMG, I came up with a vision that, you know what, here we are with 70 consultants and, and 
Imagine the power of 70 people sharing the brand of Plato, uh, Plato Consulting, uh, our business, yeah. and sharing it in such a way that it doesn't feel salesy. Uh, yeah. And so I engaged an external consultant at that time to help me roll out a kind of sales curriculum. Mm-hmm. That ultimately led then to a real growth spurt in Plato. Uh, and that led to the acquisition, which led to me doing exactly what I was doing at Plato for those final couple of years, which is rolling out a sales methodology. I, it led me to do that for KPMG for four years across Canada, right. which ultimately right. led me to leaving KPMG to do it on my own, right? Right. So that's why I say, you know, I, I, I jokingly call myself Chris Burby 9.0, right? We're in right. a constant state of reinvention, but we have to build on where we are today, right? Right. Uh, so take the good of everything you're doing and just uh, build on. And I think it's a great way to level up and grow and so on, right? Yeah. And I think it's also for our leaders as well. It's really, it's really wonderful to share that. And I, I love, I love uh, you know, sharing like the 9.0 thing. Because a lot of times people think, oh, this was really clear. Chris was 23 and knew where he'd be, you know, you know, a couple decades later, right? It's just not clear at all. No one, no one is it clear and, and that you just make the next best step, you know, make the next, next best decision, go work hard, go follow your, you know, your aspirations, you know, et cetera. Listen, I I was a, sorry, I don't don't mean to interrupt you. I was a 23 year old. And I think I might've told you this story in our last conversation. I was a 23 year old happened to be on the escalator at a local shopping mall and I banged into a childhood friend and I asked him what he planned to do on his work term, his upcoming work term. And he said to me, I'm planning on starting a worldwide web business in 1993. I didn't know the internet existed. I didn't know email existed or anything. And that was a, a critical point in my life because I was introduced to the internet. I was introduced truly to entrepreneurship. Anyway, Steve and I, Steve Pomeroy, uh, we yeah. went on to start our first business together, and and that was the that was actually the first business I ever built, and 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 it truly was acquired. It wasn't acquired for any mega amount of money, uh, but we sold it when we graduated from commerce, and that's where right. I, I went to work for an insurance company, and Steve went to work for uh, the telephone company, which where he got the experience necessary for Plato to begin. So I mentioned PeopleSoft, right? It was Steve who got experience in PeopleSoft, and we ultimately spun out and started uh, Plato Consulting. So everything flows. I mean, you you can only piece together all these parts looking through the rear view mirror, right? For sure, yes. So anyway. Well, and also also as well, you know, you you, you bumped into Steve. You you both took real actions. You you know, you you, you iterated as you went along. You learned this, you learned that. Like one one great question is always, what did you need to change about yourself? You know, moving from university student, you know, to you know, business owner and beyond? What sort of things did you need to change? Wow, that's a really, really good question. Um, what I, one of the things I will say is that, uh, and I've said this a couple of times on a few podcasts, uh, as I reflect, when I was young, I don't think my mom, um, I, had, I had a money blueprint initially that I struggled with, right? And everything in my earliest years seemed to be grounded solely around this idea of making money. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the beggar's bowl, uh, but the beggar's bowl is essentially a, a beggar who goes to a king and the king 
says he can fill up the beggar's bowl and the beggar's bowl is it has a bottomless has no bottom in it uh, okay. and it's really rep, uh, the point of the story is the king starts piling in all the gold and silver but it keeps going out of the bottom right uh and uh it gets to the point where the king gives up and and uh you know and really the ultimate purpose of the story is that uh, the beggar's bowl is meant to represent, or it represents human desire. So, right. uh, really, a gr- if your sole purpose—go back to my learning, because that was truly what your ultimate question was—was was that life is more than about money, I guess, right? And yeah. it, it was when I came to the realization, and I know you were alluded to it earlier around purpose and so on, but I, I really encourage anyone listening to try to find uh, a reason for doing what you're doing beyond beyond money, right? Yeah. So, it, you know, basically in my very early 20s, I hit I hit a point where I was spending way more than I was making. And what right. happened then was it really that that became a bit of a self-fulfilling cycle because if you're mm-hmm. if you're spending more than you're making, you're do, you're then becoming even more needing to do it for the money, right? Totally. Yes. Uh, yes. so I would uh, suggest anyone listening to Figure out what your money blueprint is, and it's there. My reason for my initial money blueprint was because my mom would take money, and she'd take the money I earned on a paper route, and she'd hide it away. And then the second I got access to it, I'd just go spend it all, right? Wow. Uh, because I was rebelling against my mother, you know? Right. Uh, uh-huh. And so that's not a successful formula is what I'll ultimately say. And and so I, I, I don't know if I... You know, I don't know if that answers your question around what would, did I have to change, but I think ultimately I found success when I when I figured that out, right? Well, well, I think one of the things I hear you you saying is I I needed to change my relationship to money. I needed to change my my the the way I viewed money, the way and and that there are these things that again these interactions, especially in families, yeah. that that impact us. And, um, and so really, again, being consciously aware it's, and it's, it's one of the reasons why we, you know, recommend doing a lot of personal work to really understand who you are and what's driving you and what happened at home when you were little that you made decisions. And, and it's, it's always so personal. It's always so unique. I've got five, you know, sorry, I come from a family of five and all of us see the world way, way differently, have the same parents, Mm -hmm. you know, but all of us see the the world really differently because the choices we made as kids. Exactly. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of getting, getting that. So, uh, but having a good financial strategy and a good plan, you know, you, you can't, you can't be successful, I think in the world without it. No, Uh, no, no. I I remember my, I don't know if you remember the book, the wealthy barber, but yes. uh, And I, I'm not sure if I'm dating, if I'm dating you and I by mentioning it, but uh, yeah, David Chilton to our leaders. And it's a really great, it still is a historically and still very, very strong selling book about financial wisdom wisdom you, wilford laurier university grad david chilton he also was on the uh uh dragon's den was. uh david was so yeah so yeah. yeah i recommend that book uh and i and for if you're in your mid-20s listening to this show uh, what a great time to read that book and actually apply yes. it and what what what's beautiful about that book is if you apply it in your mid-20s you got the you got life by yeah you got life the the compounding effect of this whole thing uh you can be set by the time you're 40 Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and we won't tell you the habits. Go, go pick up the book. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, uh, so 
what about if, if someone wanted to do what you've done? What key habits would they want to steal from you, Chris? Uh, that's a great question, and I, I uh, you know what? I, I'll just throw this one out to you to you as well. Uh, just uh, and it's kind of combining those last two questions. Uh, but health, I'm going to say health is so important oh. as well, right? And yeah. uh, creating foundational uh, health uh, habits. Uh, yeah. fuels, it fuels everything that you're embarking on as an entrepreneur. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, 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 it's something I wish I had to learn when I was young as well. Right. And it's right. really only, you know, I'm 46 now, but it's really only since my turn 40 that I truly began to treat myself. Um, you know, and, and I, I jokingly say my, my with my daughter when she says, let's go get pizza or something. Don't get me wrong. Right. We eat pizza. No, I, we, exactly. we eat pizza, but I'll jokingly That's say, right. yeah. uh, you know what? I'm not putting that in my temple. Uh, right. and, uh, <laughs> and so treat your body like, a, like it's the only one you have. Right. Um, yes. yeah. and so that, I just want to mention that cause I, as a, maybe a uh, springboard from what you just, uh, just asked there. Um, so in terms of habits, I mean, being open-minded, uh, I have a saying personally that at any given point in time, we are one conversation away from a breakthrough. And, you know, everything that's great that's happened in my life, in your life, Chris, I'm sure has come as a result of a conversation uh, with yeah. somebody. And yeah. uh, you got to start somewhere. So for me, I open myself up to conversations just like this. And uh, yeah. Uh, so being open-minded, I, there's a lot of people today that are social media They're you know, they're, they're putting their roots in social media and it's a great way to network and find people, but take those relationships from virtual to non-virtual and face to face yeah. and so on. Right. Uh, cause I think there's so much magic can happen when you're, you know, skin on skin, face to face, sharing stories, sharing backgrounds and so on. Um, so I, I'm a real big believer in that. Uh, and then I guess it's really just all around discipline and consistency, which is a theme we talked about earlier, uh, but yeah. uh, sticking true, staying true to yourself and following through on what you commit to do. Uh, yeah. And I think some great things can happen from that. Yeah, no, I love, I love what, what, what you had to say just about, um, you know, the discovery and conversations, mm -hmm. you know, like, like there's informational content, which is what you can get on social media. And again, we're, we're both huge book readers and listen to podcasts and that's wonderful. And there's something about, again, breakthrough thinking that comes through conversation. Someone says something and then oh, what do you mean by that? And how did I see this? And it, it really is, it opens up a different level of thinking or different awareness i've i've seen so many times absolutely yeah. in my, in my in my lifetime yeah if you allow me just to tell you another one that i'm being inspired to Please. hear at this very moment uh the the one thing that i have learned along the way are one of many things but a real core element of my life that's been foundational for about 15 years and i could argue when my life began to take a trajectory that I was feeling good about, it was really what sprung me. Uh, the idea that we all have a vision for our future right. uh, and we all have one. So why not be proactive in creating one uh, that is in alignment with where we, where we truly in our hearts want to go. Right. So right. for me, a vision is something that I take, I do every year. Uh, it's, uh, I believe Cameron Harrell wrote a book called vivid vision, uh, which I, I know, I know Cameron. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a story, right? And mm -hmm. it's, it's a story written in the present tense that brings in all the senses 
uh, and it's something, it's where you ultimately desire to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I began writing Vivid Visions 15 years ago, uh, and it's it blows my mind to go back and read the ones that I read uh, four, five, seven years ago, uh, and see how I'm truly living the vision that that I that I wrote. Right. So, uh, and what the, the byproduct of vision, if you hit hit it uh, in the sweet spot, is self motivation. And I don't think any of us can accomplish much without self-motivation. And self-motivation is this concoction of enthusiasm, consistency, persistence, um, uh, stick-to-itiveness around what we want out of life. Uh, And so have a vision that produces the self-motivation, which is ultimately creates the actions that are going to truly attract to us what what it is we desire, right? Uh, So... um, yeah, so a habit, going back to your question, is to yeah. create a vision for your life. Uh, that, And that's what I started doing 15 years ago, and it's been one step after another, right? Yeah. No, it's so great. It's so great. And just align with with really what you want and, and make it vivid, make it real. Why am I going to get up early? Why am I going to work hard? Right. There's got to be a reason, right? And and what if I do and what if I don't? Yeah. And, and I like, I like, I like, I like painting both of those paths, not sorry, sorry for the, but yeah, the reference, but anyhow, you know, kind of both of those, you know, here's, here's, here's where I'd go. If I don't do all that, I don't like that. Here's what I do. If I, if I do do all that, I do that really regularly for myself. And, and again, gives, gives me a lot of motivation and and excitement uh, for what I'm doing. And to clarify what I said, we all have a vision we, we all have a vision and it's for many people who don't proactively create a vision. Their visions right. are essentially they're stuck in neutral. They are where right. they are today, which leads to being where they are tomorrow, which is today. And it's just, it's, it's not growth, right? Yes. And I believe in a concept that we're either growing or we're dying because yeah. time is passing, right? Uh, so why not create a future that's, uh, that's growth oriented? Um, uh, so yeah, so that, I have a real deep belief in that and, and I've proven to myself over and over and over again that, uh, it, it works, right? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So one final question, and I really thank you for spending time with us today on the leaders of tomorrow. But when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Chris? Wow. The, 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 the leader of tomorrow that I am zoned in on, and I'm going to crucify his last name, uh, uh, Peter Diamandis. Uh, Peter, Peter Diamandis. Diamandis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I, I, um, he has a brand new book coming out. Uh, yes. At the end of this month, and uh, and I'm I'm going on inspiration with this with this because I've only tapped into him and his energy and his future oriented uh, mindset. Uh, just recently, I was in Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas, and I spent uh, a couple of days with a gentleman by the name of Price Pritchett. Uh, Price is the author of an, of thirty books and handbooks, and he mentioned uh-huh. Peter to me which led me down a goose chase of learning as much about Peter that I could. Uh, yeah. And so I'm so looking forward to this new book coming out. And so um, I think he's a, a leader of tomorrow. And what I understand his story is that he started small, just like many of us, right? And, and, and created a vision. And you know, I, I, from what I understand, he put a small amount of his own money on the line and got many people to contribute uh, into this pot called the X, uh, the X prize, the X prize, X prize, which led to humans being in space. Right. Uh, yes. So talk about big vision thinking, uh, and then taking that and, and 
layering on top of that new visions and then tapping into all this new stuff that's coming down from a virtual reality perspective and artificial intelligence and so on. That's exciting stuff, right? Uh, so I'm going to say Peter for uh, is what, what I'm inspired to say right now. And for our, for our leaders, Peter Diamandis is one of my favorites uh, as well. He's got a podcast with Dan Sullivan mm. uh, and, and on a regular basis, they talk about the future. And uh, uh, and they talk about you know the 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 melding of all the incredible technologies that I really believe will solve a lot of the problems that we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. In the past, we've had lots and lots of problems, and uh, fortunately, there's all sorts of really smart humans that figure out those problems, and all of a sudden, those problems are part of our, our, our past. And and if you listen to bad news, then you'll be aware of all sorts of bad news. If you listen to great news. Uh, then, then Peter is someone you want to listen to. So and, and again, bold, I can't remember, uh, uh, all he's, he's written a number of books. Yeah. I've read all of them, but, but that's, that's one access to Peter. And, uh, and I, and I, and again, I love, I love pointing to that because it really is a, a bright future that we can all live into, um, you know, following the habits, following the, the consistencies that you've, you've, you've talked about yeah. and not getting stuck in failure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but, but Chris, I really appreciate, you know, you, uh, first of all, like just, you know, uh, with your people coming out and, and, uh, uh, you know, finding, finding us and then also just investing your time in a group of young leaders to really make a difference. And I can tell you're living your passion and, uh, we, we thank you. That's wonderful, Chris. I really appreciate you as well. And it's been phenomenal. I look forward to continuing our relationship and, and God only knows what can come out of it. I do as well. Okay, take care. Okay, and uh, and 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 stay out of that snow, you know, uh, out in St. John's. Will do. Thanks. <laughs> okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Hey, leaders! I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit Leaders Podcast ca slash apply and start your application process today once again it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and i can't wait to see you on the other side